Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Last week, in honor of this man missing uh, his segment, we just had dead air. Well, I take that back. It was dead air, and then we potted up the mic for the half the time because we just cried. The man who's got more vacation than Bill Michaels and Jim Rome combined, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Grant Bills, good morning. That's, first of all, good morning. It's nice to hear from you. That could not be further from the truth. I took one week off, and I probably won't allow, like, I probably can't have an off day until, like, next summer again. I don't know where is this coming from. More than Jim Rome. Jim Rome takes, like, the entire summer off. <laughs> well, Grantville's, okay, well, I agree to disagree, I guess. But how was your time in Montana? I saw some pictures. It looked absolutely beautiful. Did you meet up with Jim? Yeah. Uh, I did not. I think he takes his vacations in Wisconsin, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I think he's up in Eagle River. Yeah. Yeah. Rumor was he's he's gunning for your job uh, from four to six at WKTY. Yeah, well, I guess there would have been there would have been a couple of hours open last week. Dave was filling in. Jim, maybe uh, maybe quicker on the draw. Montana was good. Montana was really good. Um, What'd you do? Did you did you get humped by a moose? Did you catch some fish? What'd you do? No, we saw a bunch of moose though, and I always feel like such a tourist because I always think they're the coolest thing in the world, and I gotta like contain my excitement because they see him every day out there and i look like an idiot if i get too hyped but yeah we fished uh especially in the morning and then evo you would love this uh the rivers that we were around there's so much pressure on them they actually that you can't fish them after 2 p.m so we'd fish from like 7 a.m to 2 p.m and then we'd just start drinking at three so we'd go get a bloody in the afternoon and then just sit beer the rest of the day and hang out my buddy works at a fly shop and there's a big porch, and I guess what people do there is when they're not working, they just sit on the porch of the fly shop and drink beer. So we did a lot of that. What's the uh, beer of choice out there? Time. What's the beer of choice out there? Uh, when we went to bars, I got PBR because that's my favorite beer. But we yeah. got a. I like going out there because you can buy Rainier when I'm out west, okay. and I can't get that around here. So I drank that out there, and then I bought a couple cases back with me too. <laughs> and the Bloody Marys out there are good, yay or nay? Uh, you know, Evo, they're not as good as around here, but they're still Bloody Marys. It's no, uh, it's no Dell's, no Dell's bar, bloody, right? No, not even. It's not even close. The PBR isn't even as good as the PBR at Dell's, but it's still PBR. It's still bloody, so it's still good. All right, so Grant Bills, uh, in your time away, you know some things happened, and uh, let's see. Corbin Burns had ten straight strikeouts. That was a uh, tying history. Mm-hmm. The Brewers continued to win. Um, I mean, other than that, it was just kind of Brewers, Brewers, Brewers. So I saw you tweet out after you came back from vacation. You said, "I'm not entirely sure what Eric Lauer is." But maybe that's yeah. what makes him perfect for counsel and the Brewers. I know you're a counsel disciple more than anyone I know. Did you figure oh, yeah. out what Eric Lauer is? No, because he's always being used in different roles. He's doing different things. And I feel like all summer I've been on my show, we've been talking about this, I don't know, once a week. We're like, hey, Eric Lauer pitched four innings. I don't know, like, is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a reliever? How are they going to use him? And then this week I kind of just like realized they probably don't want to use him in one specific role. They're using him in all these different roles. And I think the Brewers really like guys like that, right? They like flexible guys that they can move around. And I think I'm I'm done trying to figure out Eric Lauer because I don't know if he's a guy who can be figured out. I think he is a versatile out-getter, as the Brewers would say, sure, sure. and they really like guys like that. So I talked a little bit about that yesterday. I love it. So, Grant, also, uh, Jordan Love, Did you were you able to catch the Packers preseason game on Saturday? Were you Were you back by then? Yes, I was back on Saturday at about 
6.30 p.m. Oh, so, so you're just in time was, to dive in. Yeah, yeah. Well, Evo, I'm a professional. I scheduled my drive so I would be back enough to watch the first half. I didn't watch the second half. I was very honest about that on my show yesterday. Well, Jordan Love did like, I watched Jordan Love. Yeah, and then I turned it off. But I watched Jordan Love. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It was fun. I, I hadn't been that intrigued by a preseason game in a while. Well, that's the thing, right? Jordan Love, all we knew about him was he looked good in a tracksuit last year. His preseason was robbed because of COVID-19, Grant. So yeah. when you finally – and listen, I watched the first half, too. I didn't watch the second half. I actually was in an <laughs> island off of Door County, uh, Chambers Chambers Island, it's called. So we uh, were oh. driving golf carts around, and we found a cabin that had the game, DirecTV. So we watched the first half. What was your takeaway from uh, Jordan Love as we finally saw him after like 600 days of not playing a game? He did a lot of good things. It was a boring uh, your buddy debut. Big Joe. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Your yeah. buddy Big Joe, who I know you have an affinity with of the Wisco Sports Show, uh, he had said that Jordan Love stunk. He stinks. You yeah, didn't, you didn't Big take Joe, that away, did you? He said he wants to bring Blake Bortles back. I Big Joe seems like such a lover. That take kind of caught me off guard. I was I was a little confused by that. I thought he was fine. I, I think when you're playing in the preseason, like you can do a lot of bad things. And you can look terrible, and people can rip you for it. But if you do really good things, oh, it's just preseason, so it doesn't count, right? So it's like a lose-lose situation. I thought it was fine. Like, it was a boring debut that I will easily forget, and I think that's a good thing, right? If you're criticizing Jordan Love, you're, you're like, you're nitpicking, right? Like, oh, he didn't lead this receiver enough, or he didn't do this. And that's good that we're nitpicking, right? That means that we've reached a certain point where he's doing the basics, where he's doing the things he should be doing, and now we can focus on the little stuff, on the nitpicks. And I think that's good. That's a good sign. That is a good sign. Uh, so, Grant, did you uh, did you just check out any more football games when you came back from vacation, or was it just Packers? What else did you? What did um, you uh, How'd you reacclimate yourself? How'd you reacclimate yourself to uh, you know your extended vacation? How'd you reacclimate yourself to working again? I watched so much TV. I didn't get on Sunday. I didn't get out of bed until like ten, and then I was on the couch all day. I watched a movie. I watched another movie last night because the Brewers were off. I've just been really lazy. Really, really lazy. Oh. So today I'm going to snap out of that, right? Like this conversation is going to get me in gear and I'm going to get after it today. Oh, we hope so. So Grant, you know, real quick, I, I want to get a little personal if that's okay. Is that okay? Sure, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Are we, uh, how are we doing with the, the little missus in the life? Are we doing good? Uh, the, the vacation didn't set anything back, did it? Uh, set anything back. Uh, no, it was, uh, it was a long week apart from each other, yeah. Is that but, why you're uh, watching movies now? Is you know, got to get caught up? Well, there are no sports on. Like, well, Grant, you are Mr. Bucks. There's a summer league. Dimitri Trice uh, had, what was it, Browdy, 26 points? 24. 24 points, excuse me. I did try to watch summer league on Sunday night. I watched the first half of Raptors Magic, and I was really excited to watch it until I realized that neither Jalen Suggs nor Jalen Green were going to play. And then I just got irrationally mad. I was like, well, I'm not watching this if the exciting young players aren't going to play. Johnny Davis would have played in that game. You remember when Johnny Davis scored 45 points against Jalen Suggs? last year at Mitchell Hall on the campus of UWL. People forget about that game. People forget. And now, uh, obviously, Jalen Suggs is in the NBA. Johnny Davis, sore thumb, he would have played. That that was my takeaway from trying to watch Summer League yesterday. Okay, got you. Uh, and Grant, you know, just, just on the uh, – little birdie told me that you and your um, significant other, is it true that you guys, uh, re, uh, you know, found each other at Players? Is that a place? Players? Players? Is that no, a- where – if I were to meet, first of all, all of this is conjecture and rumors. You you don't know anything. Well, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know the downtown lacrosse area besides Dell's Bar. They have a really good uh, Bloody Mary. Uh, a little birdie in the lacrosse area did tell me that you guys sparked up a, a little something something at players. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think, that is. 
I don't think players exist. I don't, I don't know what that is. Edo, let me just ask you. If I were to meet a woman, which I'm not saying that I did, if I were to meet a woman, it would have happened in downtown lacrosse. Where do you think it would have happened? I'll give you one guess. So not players. No, players isn't a real pl- players is not a real place. There's a there's a brothers, but there's like a brothers in every town. I would I would brothers. imagine I was imagine it was it was it was Dell Bar, the Dell's Bar. Yeah, of course it and was. I, uh, I'm envisioning you have a Bloody Mary in your hand, and it's like nine o'clock at night, and there's some fine little mist sitting there, and you're like, excuse me, could I interest you in an anytime drink and my phone and number? In an anytime drink. And then she goes, what the hell is an anytime drink? And I was like, well, my buddy Ebo. And then we're off and talking. I'm telling you about... Uh, you didn't just you leave right then? Medicine. Been like, sorry, we're done? Sorry, we're done. Well, <laughs> her, like, her acceptance of getting a Bloody Mary at 9 p.m., even if she doesn't know what an anytime drink is, she still vibes with the idea of an oh, anytime drink. Got it. Right? Yep. Well, well, we're not saying this person exists or not, right? No, no, this, this is, is this all, is all so, hypothetical. Who who told you this, by the way? What friends do you maybe have? It wasn't, maybe it was a maybe it, is it not players that that you met at chances are or something like that? Oh, okay. So you're making a joke. That's funny. I met at the one gay bar. That why why would I meet? I a don't woman even know the downtown. Bar? I don't even know the downtown lacrosse scene. I just know Dell's bar. Being ignorant on this is really funny. You, you just, come at me with all of this intel, and then you're like, oh, I don't even know. Grant, I just I pulled up. I pulled up what someone told me in the lacrosse area. I have no idea. I don't know the lacrosse area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That, that's fine. No, I hit up your sources. Maybe they'll have more more intel for you. You that's know what fine. it is, Grant. Usually, usually what it is is listeners like to pit us against each other. If you remember this, remember? That, that they do. So people give you bad intel about me, and people give me bad intel about you. So maybe that's what's happening. Well, it's not 100% bad intel, but the details are, are they're a little shaky. Well, so Grant, maybe, Grant, I don't okay. know, ask some follow-up questions. I'm yes, very, I'm very, I'm follow-up <laughs> questions. <laughs> uh, Grant, we're very glad you're back. I could only handle so much the last week. Did you get the email I sent you? When did you email me? Uh, it was to your work email last week. I said, you must listen to this. Mitch in Madison wrote some raps, and someone uh, rhymed them off during your show. Oh, see, Mitch and Madison sends raps every other day. I didn't know someone performed it. No, I'm not sure that I saw your email, but I am now going oh, to. Oh, wow. I know where I stand. All right, well. Shut shut up. Shut up. <laughs> You'll, you're going to enjoy the email, Grant Phils. Grant, we appreciate your time, and we're excited to hear from you from 4 to 6 on the Wisco Sports Show, my friend. You know, I missed talking to you last week. This was <laughs> nice. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back. <laughs> See you, buddy. <laughs> See ya. There he is, Grant Phils of the Wisco Sports Show. I guess I got bad intel, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the lacrosse area. And our sports director, Zach Heilprin, coming up. He's going to join us and discuss what's happening for Wisconsin Badger football as, you know, their training camp's underway. i gotta, I got to pick his brain about Graham Mertz. I've been hearing some murmurs that he's not looking the greatest right now. In fact, Paul Chris was talking about how the defense is a lot farther ahead than the offense. Uh, but Paul Christ in his uh, pressers, it's hard to decipher what the man's saying, Rowdy, uh, for Paul Christ. Well, that is a little bit alarming, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that the defense is way ahead of the offense. Oh, my bad. We know that. Can I play this? Can I play it for you before you go into tie right there? And see if we can decipher this. This is Paul Chris talking about how the defense is ahead of the offense. Now, Rowdy, what do we know about Paul Chris press conferences? It says a lot of word salads. A lot of word salads. Says a lot, but says a little. 
Here's Paul Chris talking about how the defense is ahead of the offense. Uh, one of the big J's down there suggested it, and Paul Chris agreed. Take a listen. You know, this camp, I think it's been true, and I think for a number of reasons. One, I think we got a really good defense, and that's what I've appreciated from our players is I think they all understand that any type of competition, whether it's certainly in camp, you get a ton of opportunity going offense versus defense, but then even just the individual, they're stri- I think they're striking a, a pretty good balance of you know how, how can we help each other to, to raise that. And I think as you keep coming along, there's moments that both are having. But I think if you were to say one statement had to put it all down on one, I I would agree with that. Did you understand any of that? Did you understand any of that? Because I I, I didn't. But apparently through that, we found out that the defense is – yeah, it's a lot of words, but basically the defense <laughs> the defense is going to be really good, and, and the you, defense is ahead of the offense. And you appreciate it, and you appreciate that. So what were you going to say, Rowdy? Well, basically, we know that last year they had a really good defense, and just in general, this Wisconsin Badgers team didn't graduate a ton of starters on both sides of the football. Mm-mm. So you got to figure that the defense is going to be good again. And, I mean, basically, Man, for the last 20-plus years, the Wisconsin Badgers defense has been pretty good, and I think you could even argue has gotten better and better over time. Yep. Even when they've handed the baton from defensive coordinator to defensive coordinator. Yeah, they really haven't missed a beat, have they? They really haven't. And I think you could even say at at times they've even gotten better. Yeah. Because what, they went from... Aranda. No, they went from Bielema to Aranda. Wilcox. To Wilcox to Jimmy Leonard. Yeah. And they've just, I mean, Dave Aranda, obviously, hell yeah. And then they never really missed a beat ever since that. You know, or, or Bielema too. But Rowdy, uh, Jimmy Leonard right now has definitely got these guys in a damn good spot. So to hear that the defense is ahead of the offense, they got a lot of good players on there. And we know that you look at what their defense has done lately. It's like, okay, well, if they're bringing back this many starters, the defense seems way ahead of the offense. You got to expect that they're going to be another top 10 defense. It's going to be tough to score. But what's alarming is the fact that that defense was good last year. It was tough to score on them last year, and they still didn't play very well because of how inept that offense actually was. Now, was that because there was a different play caller? Was that because you had your top two wide receivers out? Was that because you had the worst running game that I've ever witnessed in Wisconsin? So basically the worst running game in the last 20-plus years. And the one guy that was really good, Jalen Berger, was at uh, 15 carries when he was playing? Yeah, your best running back had a snap count, or was it because, I guess, Graham Mertz had a shoulder injury? Yep. Like there, There's a lot of reasons COVID. and excuses for why the offense didn't play well, but I think at this point, you can't use the fact that uh, Rudolph was calling plays anymore because now it's Paul Chris, Chris took that back. Yep. You can't use the excuse that your top two wide receivers were out because, well, I've seen videos of Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis making a lot of plays this summer slash uh, early fall. Yep. You can't really use the excuse that Graham Mertz is hurt because, from all accounts, he's healthy now. And he's saying that he's like more confident than he's ever been. Yes. He's got his own website and logo, too. And I, you can't say that the running back room is as bad as it was last year because, one, Jalen Berger now has another year under his belt with an actual offseason. You bring in, what was it, uh, the transfer from Clemson? Name yeah, is Ches, Ma- Ches Malusi. Yeah, and Malusi is a legit Division One. He's a... F- Running four, back, four-star recruit, if I remember correctly, and and he was playing second fiddle to Etn, and and Etn was good. a first-round yeah. pick. Well, he's really good. So I mean, 
obviously he's legit. And now that gives you two running backs that are good. Plus you have all those guys that have been in the program for years now in Garendo in shipper and um, Julius Davis. Yep. There's no way that the running back room can be worse than what it was last year. If anything, they're going to be much better. So all of those uh, supposed excuses on why the offense was bad and, and overall pretty pitiful and, last year and disappeared. They, they can't be excuses this year. You can't go with COVID because now you've you've rolled with these COVID times for over a year. Yep, you're but used to it now. There's no excuses. The offense and Graham Mertz and the running backs and everything in general have to be better. They don't have any excuses. And and when I roll down right through that list, I have no worries about the the receivers in, in Pryor and Davis. You can't do anything about injuries if a guy comes down and breaks his yeah, collarbone. Yeah, this is what it is. There, there's nothing you can do with an injury. I expect those two to play well because we've seen it in the past and we've seen it in, in highlights this summer. I expect those two to play well, so check that one off the list. Yep. I expect the offense to be better just in general because Paul Christ is now calling plays. He's the quarterback guru. He's the offensive quarterback, or he's the offensive coordinator he is, you know, that's that's his talent. He's got that back. I expect the play calling in the offense to be better because of that. I expect the running backs, just because you added a legit Division One running back, you have another year of Berger and everyone else in the program. So, I, I expect that to be better. The only one that I'm really questioning here is, is he really as good as advertised? Is Graham Mertz. Yeah, same. Um, and we're going to talk with Zach about that coming up here. I see the phone lines uh, blowing up here. One second. We have a question here from Shane Rock on Twitch. He says, "Doesn't this seem like it's that? Uh, doesn't it seem like it's not that good of a situation? You have Mertz, the whole all offensive line solid. Your wide receivers are back. You have a transfer from Clemson and Berger at running back. Shouldn't the offense be better than the defense? That's. I mean, that's a that's a good question. We'll uh." We'll save that a bit, Shane Rock, and that's our sports director coming up. Let's go to the phones quick, though. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Which one's on? Is it me? Vagabond John? Vagabond Johnny in the house. What's up, brother? You were up bright and early today. Hanging out. Well, I had to get my butt to DeKalb, Illinois, Uh, so that's where I'm at. What the hell are you doing there? Uh, Work. Oh, man. The almighty dollar. I think that's the only reason people go to DeKalb. The first thing you know about DeKalb is the trains go so fast through the town and that's like kind of how you know there's absolutely nothing going on so but you'll, you'll madison, do anything to make a buck huh those oh absolutely but in madison those trains crawl by and decal they do not slow down a lick <laughs> uh but anyways since we're talking about trains actually running through people you're talking about wisconsin running backs did you guys see the highlight from 17 year old braylon allen oh where dude he absolutely just destroyed somebody on the field. I don't even know who it was, but I woo. saw I've been seeing a bunch of highlights from Braylon Allen. That dude is balling in camp. Yeah, so uh, I'm excited. I do I, I'm not gonna like go out there and say uh that we're gonna see a Jonathan Taylor esque moment where who's running back, okay, we had a very average year the year before and then I was actually running film for the Wisconsin football team at practice one day oh, uh when Jonathan Taylor took that one-handed screen pass to the house at practice uh, and had the starting job pretty much ever since. Kind of waiting for that moment for Braylon because I love Berger. Malusi looks like he's got some, some stuff going on too, but 
Braylon Allen just looks like he, uh, by halfway through the season, we might be seeing a lot of him, 15, 20 carries a game. But I'm, uh, I'm excited to answer the question Rowdy just posed. No, we should not expect this offense to be better than this defense. This defense is top 10 every year. The offense, we need to be cracked the top 20 one year before we start talking about Okay, that. so real quick, uh, Vegabon Johnny here, you have the wide receivers saying that, uh, and Graham Mertz as well, saying that they want to be the best duo in Wisconsin history. You have, you know, this guy out of Clemson coming in and Malusi with the four-star. Uh, you have Jalen Berger, who looked, you know, phenomenal last year. you got a guy named Graham Mertz, who is the highest-touted quarterback and ready to take over college football by storm. Like, there's a lot of hype right now. There's a lot of hype in that offense. Do you believe it, though? There's a lot of hype on the offense, but if we go back in Wisconsin history, we're not talking about a program that consistently puts out good offense. So that's a pretty low bar. We're not talking about when they say we want to be the best duo in Wisconsin history. They're not comparing themselves to uh, the LSU offense from a couple of years ago <laughs> or Alabama's offense last year. They're comparing themselves to what? maybe 2010, 2011 Wisconsin. So, I mean, the bar is not that high, and this defense is top 10 every year. And I don't know the last time Wisconsin had a top 10 offense. That would be something good to look up. We'll get the research department on that. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. If Wisconsin's offense can be as good as its defense, I think this team has playoff written all over it. 100%. I'm excited. I, they're favored in every game. The only thing that pisses me off this year, I go to one away game every year, and I got a bachelor party on the Notre Dame game. Oh, no. So I can't go to that one. And what what's the second best away game this year? Purdue? Oof. I mean, this schedule is awesome because they have an actual legit chance of going 12-0. and But, I mean, there's oh, nowhere exciting to go, here. guys. I, I mean, no, November 27th, you want to go to Minnesota? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not skipping deer hunting for that. <laughs> you could go gopher hunting. That, hey, that's a good point. But yeah, you, anyways, you, you got a pretty tough, you got a pretty tough, yeah, Illinois, Purdue, Minnesota, and you're out for Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, I hear, isn't uh, Jersey's nice? Yeah, you want to go to Rutgers, see Rutgers? Not. I might I might head out to uh, Ames to watch Iowa Iowa State and just treat that as my waitress. I wear uh, my girlfriend's family from Iowa and I wear my T.J. Watt Pittsburgh Steelers jersey to Iowa. Oh, great. you handsome man, you! <laughs> but all right, you guys have a good day. You the man, Johnny. Later. See you, buddy. There he is, Vagabond Johnny. The new AP preseason top twenty-five poll is out. Wisconsin is ranked twelfth in the country, and God's gift to covering Wisconsin. The wind beneath my wings. Our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Good morning, Zach. Good morning, Evo. How are we doing today, my friend? Fantastic. So, Zach, you've been uh, out and about down at uh, Wisconsin's camp, yes? How's it? Uh, how's everything going down there? Does it feel good? Because you didn't get to do that last year, did you? Yeah, no, we didn't. We got to th- we got to watch a little bit of spring ball. We didn't get to watch any fall camp last year, which was actually in fall, actually in October. Um, but yeah, no, it's been good we have um got practice yesterday we got three more practices including a saturday practice that it's going to be open to everybody and then uh, it's closed off until game day oh, can, can you believe you're saying that game so day close. game day all right uh i want to talk to you about uh, one individual specifically but before we get to the guy who's got all the hype surrounding him there's another cat that's got a lot of hype that would be running back jalen Berger. What's up with the the leg, the right leg? He dropped out of practice yesterday. Does he got a bad? Yeah, injury? 
Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look bad, but he did drop out pretty early in practice after individual drills. It was a it was a rather short day for them compared to what they usually go. Was, I think it was only about an hour and a half. They usually go over two hours. But, yeah, it's a, it's a disappointment because he needs as many reps as possible because he missed a bunch in the spring. Obviously, he didn't have a normal fall camp last year. I think he was dinged up in fall camp last year, too. So it's unfortunate because it's pretty clear that him and uh, Ches Malusi are going to be the top two running backs for them this fall, at least to start the season. And, yeah, it's, that's unfortunate. I don't, again, I don't think it's going to be something where he's out for an extended period of time. And I guess – in the end, you want him available on September 4th as opposed to August 17th. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's not ideal. Okay, so, Zach, let me ask you on this then, because there's a lot of hype surrounding the offense, right? And, you know, Chaz Malusi, who we just talked about, Jalen Berger, we were just discussing. You have, uh, obviously, a nice line. you got the hype surrounding about Graham Mertz, we're going to ask you coming up. Then, obviously, it was uh, what uh, Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor believe they can form one of the top wide receiver tandems in Wisconsin history. Of all this hype surrounding the offense, why is it then that the defense is so much ahead of the offense right now? Is it because it's just that much better and playmakers on it? This is a question that really will tell you the type of person you are. It's <laughs> kind of like a half, uh, a glass half full or a glass half empty type of question. Uh-huh. Because you, if you say it's the defense, well, then you're kind of letting the offense off. And if you say it's the offense, then you're kind of letting saying the defense isn't that good. Um, I don't know. I, the defense, I think, and Paul Chris said this yesterday, that he thinks the defense is going to be, you know, a really, really good defense. They're going to be one of the better ones um, in the country. And I, I agree with that, but it's just been so one-sided, at least in team drills. Now, they, though, in, in some non-football, I guess you would call it, whether it's skeleton drills or, uh, you know, non-full team periods, the offense has had its moments. But when it's been 11-on-11, it's been really dominated by the defense. And that was certainly the case on Saturday. I think the offense had 10 possessions. They did not score in any of those 10 possessions. So um, it, it hasn't looked good for the offense. But, again, it, it is relatively still early, right? It's still got two and a half weeks before they start the season. And um, they haven't been healthy along the offensive line. They've been missing their starting tackles uh, for the last few practices. And some of the backups are hurt, too. So, yeah, it's, it's really, I guess, how your mindset looks at things. Um, I'm usually half uh, a glass, half empty kind of person. Uh, yes, yes, but um, So that's where, I guess, my concern <laughs> would be. It would be more on the offense than it is the defense. Now, I was uh, re-listening to a Paul Chris press conference, and um, I was trying to decipher uh, his... Quite the sacrifice on your part. Oh, I mean, the, the opportunity presented itself, and I appreciated that opportunity. So, you know, I, you know, I was looking to uh, turn it into successful listening skills. But Zach, I, I, listening to it when him talk about that the defense was ahead of the offense, I honestly had no idea what he was saying and <laughs> what it, what it really meant. So I'm glad that you came on here because you've been there. You know, your finger on the pulse of Wisconsin. So there's something that I need to ask you about. Mm. And it's something I think every Wisconsin Badger fan is wondering and he was hoping that the, we have some kind of savior coming at the position, right? Graham Mertz, how has he been looking? Now, you know, he had a shoulder injury last year. He said he's healthy. He's like more confident than he's ever been. And we're all excited to see, you know, what you know, truly he is. Right now, to me, you got one and a half games, the Illinois game and some, you know, Michigan. So to me, and Rowdy, what, what do you call Graham Mertz? Like a one-hit wonder right now, essentially? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's played one game really well and then a decent game against Michigan. That's about it. So now that, you know, it's there's not, you know, the random, and or not random, but just the weird, wacky way that they had everything set up with COVID and you're practicing and not practicing, yada, yada. How has Graham Mertz been looking, and 
a quote unquote normal ish practice practices. It's been looking about as good as the offense looked. Uh oh. So yeah, really really good. Not good. Very very experienced defense. I mean, it 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 hasn't been. I think what a lot of people were expecting. I think maybe that's maybe our expectations were just extremely out of whack. And but I just think he had such a really nice spring. Like it seemed like he had taken a, a pretty big leap during spring and. Um, I was expecting another one for fall camp, and so far to this point, haven't necessarily seen it. But so, what have you seen him do out there then? Like what? Like what? What's what's being a little left to be desired yeah. then? Yeah, I mean, it's they're not on the the right page. It doesn't seem like he's pushing the ball down the field. Um, feels like there's a lot of checkdowns, and again, it's not like the guys are wide running wide open all over the place um, in the practices that I've seen. Uh, I know some others have seen other practices that may disagree with that, but I. Uh, you know there are there are concerns there. And it's not just him though. Like Chase Wolf has had some of the similar issues, and Danny Vandenboom had an okay day yesterday. He uh, was the second team quarterback with Chase sitting out. So um, you know with Graham again, he's just he has the physical tools. He's accurate. It just it, something just feels off right now. And again, still early. I think I have to preface everything I say by it's, it's still early. But well, yeah, I mean it just it's, had, it's it just early, Zach. Right. But we're still yeah. two. And a, we're like two weeks away. Yeah. Of- yeah, it just doesn't. It just feels off. Way too early prediction then from Zach Heilprin. Will the Wisconsin Badgers miss Jack Cohn? Mm. This is a doozy. This, it is. Yeah, this is a real thinker. It is. I, again, I I think Jack at this moment has certainly proven a lot more and is a, a better quarterback than Graham. But I think Graham's ceiling is just so much higher. Like I don't. That's. That's the problem here. So, will they miss Jack Cohn? Uh, would Jack Cohn be starting right now if he had played last year? No, he'd be gone. He would have. Well, I guess he could have stuck, stuck around with COVID. But um, that's a good question. Though. I don't know. I, I probably would say right now they they kind of do, oh. just because just oh. because what we've seen to this point. But but yeah, it's I, early. But it's early, right, Zach? I, it's early, but it's also you know. But it's Graham also not that certainly early. has Graham has all the physical tools to be such a better quarterback than Jack. Just, so who would you say right now, when with you and the practices you've been at, you're in the circle of trust, you're in, the, you're in the nest, who would you say right now looks the best as quarterback for the Wisconsin Badgers? Um, I mean, it's still Graham. Thinker. It's Graham? No, okay. it's not. It's, it's, it's still Graham. Okay. It's just the, the, the um, offensive struggles to this point, again, Evo, it's early, still early, but it's not that early. Um, he, he, Graham, Graham is still clearly the starting quarterback. Like it's, it's, just, you know, and I don't think it's particularly close uh, in, in Paul Chris' mind. So um, nothing's going to change. It's going to be Graham's team, uh, but we'll see, right? We'll, okay, yeah, we'll we see, will, uh, more. You know what they say, right, Zach? More I, will I'm be revealed. Throwing, uh, yeah, I'm just throwing throwing a whole bunch of uh, qualifiers on it because I think like today or tomorrow we go and see and Graham will tear it up because that's just the type of talent he is. But the consistency for the offense hasn't been there. That's normally the case at this point. Well, I hope you know. I know you're not saying this, and it's not out there. I'm just, I'm just. This is just a conjecture on my part. I hope he's got a manager for his website and sending out all that gear, and that's not taking his mind off of it. He's got to go ship a bunch <laughs> of packages, you know, to Northern Wisconsin for some baby onesies with his logo on it. I just hope he's got someone yeah. taking care of that for him. It, right. Yes. Of course. Um, <laughs> it, it should. I mean, I also have to be noted. It also has to be noted that the offensive line has just been banged up. Um, they don't. It seems like they have a different combination there every day, and the defense has just been living in the backfield. So I just, 
there's a lot of things that go into play here, and it's not just Graham. Even with the injuries, do you think that uh, Wisconsin has any idea of what they're going to throw out there for a starting offensive line? Because like you said, there's been a ton of mismatches. Do I think they have an idea? Yes. Do I think they have a, a set lineup? No. Uh, just in recent days, I mean, we, Kane Lyles has been the starting center the last two years, and the last two days he's been leading with the last two days, you know, it's second team offense. They've got uh, Joe Tipman running the, at center. Um, Tyler Beach is, was injured to start camp and uh, still working his way back into it. He's going to be their left tackle. They still have a competition at left guard. I think the only two, well, even uh, the only spot that has been the exact same the entire camp is your boy Jack Nelson. He's been at right guard the entire time, and, uh, you know, Logan Bross is dinged up right now at right tackle, and so they've had to, to work some other guys there. But, yeah, essentially Jack Nelson's been the only constant. Hey, that Nelson's a power name, I've been told. Uh, Zach Halpern, our sports mm. director, especially Stoughton out of Stoughton. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think, Nelson, are you wearing a Stoughton shirt today? Yeah, I am. He is. It looks beautiful. It is. It's a nice purple. Is it from seventh grade wrestling or no? <laughs> no, but it is a wrestling it shirt. It is a wrestling, Stoughton yeah, wrestling shirt. It, purple looks good on Nelly. That's, a, that's the I color bet of looks loyalty. Great on Twitch. I bet it looks uh, great on Twitch. It, it, it looks beautiful. Thank you for wondering. So before I ask you a little bit more, Zach, and some uh, uh, you know about the star-studded flavor at practice, dude, seventeen years old, true freshman, Braylon mm. Allen. Tell me about this guy. He's turning some heads, Zach. I'm seeing some videos. I'm like, woo, woo. Six two, yeah, six two, two, close to two hundred forty pounds, and he's quick. He's agile. He was the state player of the year on defense last year in high school, and he was up at Fond du Lac. It was spring season, but he was a state player of the year on on defense, but he also played running back for them, and he averaged close to 15 yards a carry, scored 21 touchdowns, basically unstoppable. Um, he hasn't necessarily been unstoppable, but he's flashed a bunch of plays. You mentioned the one that, the video that came out, right, of him spinning and then throwing down a Sorry. Derrick Henry-ish stiff arm on one of the quarterbacks and taking off down the field. He's 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 going to play. Uh, he's still, certainly going to be on special teams, and I think that they find a role for him on offense. Um, but he he's not a natural run back. Like he didn't he didn't play he hasn't played it a ton, but he he looks natural. He just hasn't he hasn't played it a ton in his career, you know, in high school. But yeah, um gosh, he is he is a beast. Special. He a is a beast. beast. Yeah, no, he is. He he's he uh they they've said that you know, the running backs coach said you know, he's one he's not he's a guy that doesn't come along very often. And so I think that they're gonna find a way for him to get on the field. I I made the horrible comparison, initial comparison to Alec Ingold because he played linebacker in high school and was a quarterback as a runner great wrestler right nelson um State and champion. uh yeah it was awesome and then he came in and they moved him over to running back because they had injuries over there and he ended up scoring things they get to eight touchdowns as a true freshman but he was more just power run it right behind the line uh braylon's got some athleticism and some quickness and some speed and um i don't think he's going to be that guy so i made a huge mistake in comparing him to that Test, test. He's, he's much. He's a much, much better athlete than, than Alec Ingold. Zach, yeah, shame on me. Do you think that they might potentially use him like they did Melvin Gordon in Melvin Gordon's first year when he was behind Monte Ball and James White? Maybe some uh, sweeps, some carries mm -hmm. like that. I don't. I don't think he's that type of running back. Like I don't think he's like what East West type of stuff. You know what I mean? I think he is. I, I think the jet, like the jet sweeps, are probably this year going to be handled a lot by Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor. And maybe Ches Malusi, um, and even maybe Jalen Berger. I think more. I think uh, with his size, like Melvin at his biggest was six one two fifteen, and this is uh, a different type of cat. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like this is a this is a different type of guy. I think that they can find ways to use him on offense. I just don't think it's going to be that. 
and Melvin Gordon was so underutilized as a, as a freshman. I know he had Monte ahead of him and and um, and James ahead of him, but he needed the ball more than than he got there in 2012 when Monte carried it close to I want to say like 330 times that year. It was just insane. Um, uh, Melvin deserved Melvin deserved more. Zach, I do have a question from one of the guys on Twitch. Uh, Vegamon mm-hmm. Johnny says, uh, "How does the line look against the pass rush, though?" Yeah, it hasn't been great. Uh, <laughs> 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 it has not. It, you know, it's again they've been missed. They're yesterday were starting a true freshman at left tackle. Riley Mullen was at left tackle. That's how banged up they are right now along the line. Um, they've had some issues dealing with Keanu Benton, which I don't think is going to be. Um, he's the, the nose tackle. I don't think that's going to be a, a just a Wisconsin thing. I think he's going to have a monster season. But the interior line has had some troubles with him. Just the outside linebackers have been uh, an absolute terror for the tackles. So the yeah, the pass protection has not been ideal. But again, it's, it's early. Practice. It is. It's, it's early. early. But it's, it's, but practice, it's not that it's early. And, and the defense more often than not knows what's coming. Like that, they they played against this offense so much. They know they kind of know what's coming, and um, you know that. Well, that haven't that's you heard of a little advantage. shake and bake? You got to switch it up. Yeah, and just to point yeah. it out, uh, Benton also a pretty good wrestler and state uh, place winner. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Zach, um, good to know, Nelson. One last question. I know you're a, you're a busy bee. You got a? Are you going back today? By the way. Practice not open today. Unbelievable. Well, just strong army way in there. Uh, Zach, mm. before I let you go. Uh, send Archie over there. <laughs> I was looking at you. Uh, we'll send Bernstein, too. I was looking at your, um, well, I do, mm, I, I, do I do. all the I time. Who, Bernie? Yeah. Well, anyway, Zach, I love looking at your uh, your Twitter account. I'm, I'm like, obsessed with it. So I'm always looking at Zach. Same Hyper with yours. Now. Same with yours. Yeah, I've been, been, uh, been tweeting as much so, lately. Some pretty amazing tweets of late, you know, taking shots at the at the sheriff. It's, it's yeah, it's good work. What I took a shot at? You took a shot at the sheriff, didn't you? The sheriff. Yes. Oh. Your jail comment. Oh. Did you take a did, did you take a shot at the sheriff? Oh, the new yeah. Dane County sheriff, former Wisconsin football player, Calvin Barrett. No, it wasn't a shot at the Dane County sheriff. It was a shot at the the verbiage that uh, you know words words are changing their meaning. You're no longer an inmate, Zach. You're a resident. Who's, and I was saying, who's, huh? Who do you think changed that? Oh, dude, I was reading the article. There was a lot of people and a lot of uh, ideas <laughs> coming together in a room to change words. Mm. So mm. I was just saying, if you want some new housing, you just got to break the peace a little <laughs> bit, and the police officer or the peace officer will send you uh, to your new residency. But Zach, can't wait. Start can't wait. Star studded apparently uh, for practice. Who's all the uh, big former Badgers that are hanging around practice? Well, you only have about eighteen of them on the on the um, coaching staff itself. So uh, those those guys are always there. But, yeah, we've seen a couple of guys come through. Jack Sutton was there to practice uh, over the weekend, and then, or I should say last week, and Bo Allen's there. And Bo said a bunch of guys have just come back. But both those guys are free agents right now, I think, trying, hoping to, to, find, a, uh, to find a gig somewhere. But, yeah, that's what, that's what happens with these, these, this program. So these guys are just constantly coming back. We see it a ton in the spring, too. Um, they, they come back into town to work out, or they go to Milwaukee to work out, and then stop over here um, to check things out. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know about star studded, but it's yeah, there's been quite a few former guys rolling through. I love it. Uh, biggest star I know there. Well, not going to be there today because it's not open. Is our guy Zach Halperin. Zach, thank you for your time. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it, brother. All right, guys. Thank and you. And we don't want you to be a resident in the new housing that's opening up. With, <laughs> okay, we don't want you being a resident there. All right. Thank you. Appreciate right, it. See you, buddy. See ya. There he is, Zach Halperin. I'd still come visit him for an interview. <laughs> I'd visit him too. Well, Zach, I would visit you if you had your new residency in the Dane County Jail.
Well, they can't call it a jail anymore. It's got to be called something else already. Dane County Housing. Full of residents. Peace officers. Your landlord's just an a-hole. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. The Milwaukee Brewers had last night off. They're going to St. Louis. Well, they're in St. Louis taking on the Cardinals tonight. First pitch is at 645. Corbin Burns on the bump opposite of Adam Wainwright. So, Rowdy, the Brewers, what are they, the third best team in the majors? They are 40-20 and 20 on the road after finishing off the Pittsburgh Pirates over the weekend. 40-20 and 20 on the road. That is the best team on the road in baseball, is it not? It is the best team in baseball on the road. The Brewers. Which is crazy to say for the Milwaukee Brewers because normally when in the past 20 years when the Brewers have been good or decent, it's always they have really good home records. They played really well at uh, Miller Park, now American Family Field. Yep. Not Well, obviously they've played good at home this year, but they've played really good on the road. Really, really, really good. To the tune of the best team in the majors when it comes to road play. <laughs> road play. Hey, Rowdy, so I was uh, reading an article from Bleacher Report. It's called uh, Players to Watch. You know, it's each player for each team in the majors. And the Brewers, you know, they've, what are they, up to 60 guys now that uh, have appeared for the Brewers. It's the franchise record. But, Rowdy, a player to watch for each team, Bleacher Report says for the Milwaukee Brewers, they say, while it's still a little too early to declare the Brewers as the 2021 NL Central champions, things certainly have been trending in that direction for quite some time. And as they make their way toward what will be a fourth consecutive postseason appearance, we're all left to wonder what their former NL MVP will be able to muster come October. The player to watch, according to Bleacher Report, is yes, indeed, Christian Yelich. Yelich led the NL in batting average in both 2018 and 2019, but he simply has not been the same since. That broken kneecap in September of the latter season. Yelich hit 205 last year. Missed a bunch of games in April and May of this season with a back injury and has been barely hitting 200 cents. The question they pose is, can things for him turn around? If not, would Milwaukee seriously consider benching their $215 million man for the playoffs or at least drop him down the lineup if he continues to sputter for the next six weeks? It's wild, but that's where we are. And I I can't disagree with the article because you look at all the players on this team that are overperforming or playing at the level you hope for is almost everybody except for Christian Yelich. And I mean, we've went through this over and over and over. Uh Colton Wong is having one of his better seasons and he's playing good defensively. Willie Adamas, since he became a Milwaukee Brewer, is playing outstanding. Luis Arias has been playing better than... Probably anyone had imagined, especially production-wise. The outfield with Avisel Garcia, the dude is probably playing better than expected. Uh, Lorenzo Cain probably has been playing when he's played about to what a lot of people expected because he is getting older, he is slowing down, and 
Well, he hasn't been healthy. Let's see what his war is. There's only a couple guys that I would say. Guess what Lorenzo Cain's war is this year? Uh, point two. Zero. Zero. You're very close, Rowdy. It's zero. Uh, the only there's only two guys that you can really point to on this roster that since they've been a Milwaukee Brewer, whether it's this entire season or a trade or acquisition during the year, that's be- playing below what you expected is Jackie Bradley Jr. and Christian Yelich. Except for Jackie Bradley Jr. has brought something to the table that Christian Yelich doesn't bring to the table. Well, I guess there's a couple things. One, he's been available. He's been healthy all year. Two, he still plays gold glove caliber defense. Christian Yelich has gotten worse and worse defensively since he won a gold glove in Miami. Yeah. So... Basically, so Rowdy, would you, you consider? Sorry. Well, basically, when you look at it, the only one that moving forward that you should have all eyes on them to see what they're going to do is Christian Yelich. So, would you consider benching Yelly or just dropping him down the lineup? I did say I thought that he should go on a quote-unquote rehab stint after coming off of COVID to give him some lesser at bats against lesser competition and try and figure something out and get hot. Normally. I would be against doing that. You need to let your best players play, but he's been so out of funk for the last two seasons that I felt like he would need some confidence. Now, granted, they didn't do that, but I just, with this lineup and how everyone is currently hitting and producing, I just don't see how he can be batting anywhere higher than seven. So That just doesn't make sense. Thumbs down, you bench him. Thumbs up, you just drop him in the lineup. What do you do, Rowdy? I think at this point, you do both. You can't completely bench him every single game, but I mean, I think Tyrone Taylor has showed that he's deserved to not only get more playing time, more than just a casual fourth outfielder, which I guess now on this team he would be fifth, mm-hmm. but also he's got to be at least mentioned in rookie of the year. I'm not saying he's going to win it by any means, but just he's got to be. He's nice. got to get at least some notification for being a rookie that's having okay. a good season. Okay, and. You just hope that Christian Yelich comes around and 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 doesn't even well, have. We've to been be. hoping that for a while. He doesn't have to be an MVP. He's just even a borderline All Star. We're not asking for the moon here. Uh, ben Kenny, young Ben Jamin, Christian Yelich, 2018-2019 led the NL in batting average. He is a reigning or was an MVP. Should have been another MVP, but shattered his kneecap. Cody Bellinger then took that award. What would young Ben Kenny do? Not that you have any serious allegiances to the Milwaukee Brewers. Would you consider benching Christian Yelich, or would you drop him down the lineup if he continues to sputter out? Well, as someone who shattered my kneecap, I understand how hard it is to come back and play sports at a high level afterwards. Not that I have, but I, I, I don't think <laughs> I understand you, it. Not that I have though. I, I don't think you can bench him. I, he still has the second highest, if I'm not mistaken, on base percentage on the team. Third highest, excuse me, behind Narvaez and Adamas. You just drop him down in the lineup because once you get into those playoff series where you need the offense to perform, like you're going to need him somehow to get to the top of his game, and he can't do it if he's not playing. Would you, and we have a message on Twitch here, would you, if you were a GM of the, the Phillies, would you try to work out a trade to bring in Christian Yelich? No. Oof. No way. But, that, but that that's taking into account the money and how much you'd probably have to give up. You like, like you have him, he's your guy, you, you got to drop him in the lineup and hope he figures it out. He's still getting on base 37% of the time. But does he get on base? Yes. 
I'd drop his ass in the lineup. Honestly, from what you've seen from Christian Yelich the last two years. I'd drop his ass, Rowdy, right you, in that lineup. If you can throw mid-90s or higher, why wouldn't you just throw three fastballs right down the middle? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, he can't hit the ball when it's right there. Yeah, he looks... Well, here's the thing, though, that uh, last game on Sunday and against the Pirates, he started to come around a little bit. Yeah, I He was the reason why they won on Sunday. The, the last couple series where Christian Yelich has returned, I will say... Hitting the baseball and swinging and missing wise, he has probably looked the best he's looked in probably the last two seasons. So let's hope he can get a little hot, come on a little bit here as we uh, near the playoffs. Brewers made some uh, changes, though, for their upcoming series here. Winslow has been brought to camp for some extra competition for the starting punter for Green Bay. Deep back is Desmond King, a former Tennessee Titan. Here he goes. Hang a 4-2-1. And he'll work his way up the sideline. Special teams a problem for the Packers. And here's a good return for the Texans. Desmond King takes it inside the Green Bay 40. And there it is. Sounds from week one preseason. Packers-Texans, we go to our guy, Mike Clemens, live. Packers training camp. Mike, how are we doing today, my friend? Pretty good. Uh, better than some of the guys that had to sit through the film on that stuff on, uh, <laughs> what was it, Sunday morning and then all day yesterday. And I thought Matt LaFleur came out uh, with his guns blazing him. And he was, I thought he was pretty open about some of the mistakes that they made. You saw, like, number 46, they just get completely turned around and give, you know, the Texans, like, 25-yard punt returns. And so we asked about uh, to Matt LaFleur about what he thought about some of his coverage teams Saturday night against the Texans. Yeah, you know, that's that's a good observation. We we did talk about how we're going to have to stress our guys a little bit more in practice, just getting some more full speed, full field work because we did not do a good job of just – there's a transition from sprinting where we call it long stride where you have to shorten your stride and then you basically end up breaking down, shuffle, and then shoot on the whoever the um, – the ball carrier is so we definitely have to do some more of that i think a lot of our issues in this past game was on our punt cover unit number one we had a couple just poor protection where on our wing where we got beat and it definitely affected the locate the punt location where we were kicking the ball in the middle like almost in the middle of the field which that always sets you up for failure but we, there was a lot of lane integrity issues where we tell the guys, they just got to know their leverages. And if you're on the right side, you're trying to keep the ball on your left peck. And there were too many times where guys didn't execute their responsibilities, and it, it leaves you vulnerable. And there were some um, nice returns by, by Houston. And we just got to improve in that, that facet. So I think the majority of our special teams is going to be dedicated to the punt and punt return. I mean, those are two of the bigger plays on special teams. You don't get as many kickoff returns anymore, and I just think that's a, it's a it's a much safer aspect of of special teams, but that and one that we certainly have to improve upon. Mike, why is it there's three constants in life: death, taxes, and the Packers struggle at special teams? Yeah, I know. You know, and and I think he was clear. You know, he's like basics, like like the punter. What are you doing kicking straight down the field? <laughs> you don't you don't do that. You give the guy the whole field to work with. So as a you know, as a result, Ryan Winslow, who who made that punt, cut yesterday, one of the first cuts, uh, and then the former Badger, uh, John Dietzen, released as well. They got to get down to 85 today. 
But, um, you know, Lafleur means business, man, because, yes, you know, it's, you're working with these two new tackles. you got Josh Nyman in there. Well, he's been around a couple of years, but he's playing left tackle because you're going to rest Elton Jenkins. They rested 30 players, 30 players yeah. uh, in this game the other night. You know, Mason Crosby, Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams, Cobb, Equinemia St. Brown. I mean, it goes on. Jair, uh, Savage. 30-year starters. They took away 30. So that was not, you know, the packages out there. These are fourth and fifth string guys that were out there. But I thought it with the two tackles, with Nyman and then the guy they just picked up from the Titans, you know, uh, Dennis Kelly, he were the starting tackles that Lucas Patrick and John Runyon, you know, they were going to be okay. Well, they lined up yesterday, and they put in uh, Newman. Uh, Newman. Yeah, Newman at right, right guard. They put in two new guys at guard yesterday and uh, had those guys running behind. So you asked LaFleur about what was the problems with getting your running game going against the Texans' defense. You know, we, I don't think we did a very good job up front just taking the techniques that we drill and the fundamentals we drill and applying them to the game. And that was with even with some of our veteran players in there. We just didn't, we did not execute the combination blocks very well. There were a couple misreads by by our backs that we we can't have, but there was you know just some free runners where if you do that and and there were some tough looks that we were running into when they were playing their man coverage and we were trying to run the football. Um, I mean it was a loaded box. There was it was, it was a eight man front, which is not always easy. So you have to be you have to be perfect in your t- technique and fundamentals and your footwork. The backs have to be in sync with you are with the line in terms of their tracks, how they press the line of scrimmage, and then making that one-cut read. You know, certainly we had, I know in the second half, we had a short yardage situation where we had Patrick in there, and there was actually a crease right in the A-gap where he could have hit it, and, and I don't that looked like it was potentially going to be a decent decent gain. And even if there's not a crease, you gotta you got to learn to – punch a hole in the defense and uh, you can't dance in short yardage situations and he had a, one earlier on a third and two where he hit it just fine and got like five yards or whatever it was so you know it was a combination of a lot of things uh, that we just we have to clean up now Mike Matt LaFleur obviously wants to establish the run it's like what 50-50 run throw the football is it something to concern ourselves with knowing that they could not establish the run against the Texans or is it hey as you said 30 guys are out a lot of the big cogs are out let's not let's pump the brakes a little bit Yeah it's got to do with the running backs and he's talking about Patrick Taylor there who did have a nice run but another time it's like no you you may not see the crease there but that's the thing you got to remember with that kind of zone scheme you know you anticipate that these guys are going to have what they call their aiming point, and they're going to get their combination blocks. And, and again, I thought, well, geez, you know, if you're Lucas Patrick, you're a veteran, you've been a starter after Lane Taylor went down. Hey, man, I'm working with this you know, guy that you just picked up from uh, this Dennis Kelly you just picked up here. It's, it's our first couple of snaps together. And then they moved John Runyon from left guard to center. He was the second center after the rookie Josh Myers, who you know, seemed to have a pretty good game working with Jordan Love. So, you know, it's this merry-go-round of guys on the line, but, uh, you know, LaFleur's not messing around. And it's, it's also camp. You're looking at stuff, but I've, if you're Lucas Patrick and all of a sudden they've got you thrown out and they're putting in a rookie, Royce Newman at your spot, right guard, yesterday at practice, 
And then Ben Braden, who has been coming on, he's taken up the left guard spot instead of Runyon. Well, then, you know, you know, you ask Runyon, what's going on with the offensive line right now in camp? I'm trying to use this time and, you know, the preseason. You know, we got a lot of new faces up front, a lot of younger guys, you know, trying to, you know, trying to build these connections and just the chemistry and, you know, getting everybody's fits right and being more comfortable with everybody. You know, we got a lot of guys rotating around in and out everywhere. And, uh, you know, that just comes by reps. You don't really know really what you have to, you know, there's live bullets and you're going against a different team and you can kind of see what you're made of and get a lot more, you get comfortable a lot faster. Man, getting comfortable a lot faster. So a lot of these guys got to do, Mike, to help uh, make some uh, some spots on the roster, right? Because aren't they cutting down? They are. They got to get to 85 by 3 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, Brian Goodikin said, you know, I, I wish that uh, it's great that they could still get 16 guys in the practice squad because they're still sort of playing this league like, you know, in COVID-type protocols. But he said, I wish we could keep all 90 guys because you took away a preseason game. So we can have these guys in through Labor Day, and everybody gets a chance to evaluate them. And I think that's why they put in they they were starting third and fourth stringers early in that game the other night because they want to get those guys evaluated out of the way. You know, the 30 guys they rested, they've been in games for two or three years or longer. We know what they can do. So that's part of the reason the little floor went with that kind of a, a lineup the other night. Uh, but, you know, there's other guys, too, like Zadarius Smith with the mysterious back injury. Suddenly he gets on the field yesterday after he asked Brian Goodikinst about, well, you know, there's guys like Kevin King. I mean, is he going to lose his starting job to Eric Stokes, the rookie at corner, because he's had this hamstring injury? Because Jerry Gray, the defensive back coach, said, oh, yeah, you know, you shouldn't lose your starting job to injury. And the general manager disagrees. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we always talk around here, you know, the number one ability is availability, right? So um, whenever you're, you know, whether, and, and sometimes it's just unfortunate circumstances, you know, but if you can't be out there, it's hard. You know, you can't, it's hard to get better when you can't practice. It's hard to, you know, become a big part of the offense or defense if, you're, if you can't be out there. So, um, again, yeah, yeah, I understand not wanting to let anyone lose their job because of injury, but at the same time, like, um, you know, this is this train will move forward. So if you if you can't find a way to get out there, it will affect you. Mike, the best thing to be is available. I've heard Mike McCarthy even saying that back when he was the coach for the Packers. Yeah, it's time to get on that train, my friends. <laughs> um, you know what? What I have heard from a lot of the defensive players is unsolicited. They're bringing up Joe Barry's name. Like this is so much more fun. We've got a coach who cares about us. Yeah, sometimes he's a little bit over the top. One guy I think who I think is locked in a 53 roster spot. He was on the team last year, a draft pick from last year. Is this Vernon Scott? You know the back safety there because I think they're trying to look at him to say could he be alongside Adrian Amos so we could move Darnell Savage up into that star into that slot corner position. But you know we asked we asked uh, Vernon Scott yesterday. You know how's the defense been under this new defensive coordinator? Uh, he teaches the from the littlest fundamentals of getting the ball out to setting the players up to get in the right places to make plays. So as far as Zobear, he brings a, a very good component to his uh, defense. It's a component that we've been needing for a while. Getting everybody fired up. Everybody likes Joe Barry. He brings great energy every day to uh, practice So, because Barry is a great addition to our defense. No, is this just lip service, Mike? Do you think, or is he truly getting you know everyone sparked up? Was was Mike Pettin that like evil of a villain that he wasn't like a curmudgeon or what? No, I think he was really dry, very mm-hmm. analytical. He's probably where he should be 
which is a defensive consultant, but not exactly, you know, your your defensive coordinator, calling plays, that kind of thing. And they want someone that's, a, you know, a, a yeller, a communicator, in your face, uh, but got your back, That you know, a more personable guy. You know, it seemed like the players had to go to him rather than the other way around with Pettin. You know, and the other thing is he, Pettin wasn't, was not Matt LaFleur's hire. He inherited yeah. him. And as a new head coach, they, they're thinking, okay, you know, Mike Pettin's been around longer. He's got 15 years more experience than LaFleur, and, you know, he can help him out that way. So Jordan Love did not practice. He's got this shoulder injury, strained shoulder, although LaFleur said, uh, he, you know, Jordan told him he's feeling a lot better yesterday. But they did work out a quarterback, this Quinton Dormandy. He played at Central Michigan, I think, uh, Virginia before, or no, Tennessee before that. No word if they're bringing in Blake Bortles. But, you know, that they're not going to play Aaron Rodgers against the Jets. The joint practices start tomorrow. This is horrible that Jordan Love could miss out on all these snaps in a joint practice setting with the red jersey. So uh, then Kurt Benkert, who, you know, he came in the third quarter. Love was supposed to play through the third quarter the other night. And Kurt had some pretty good throws. He threw the one pick. You know, the feet were off. He's down 26-7. to seven. It was kind of a Hail Mary. But this guy is so entertaining. You know, he's, he, he's, he's a video star. He's got a quarter million uh, followers for playing video games online, streaming with Hell people. Yeah. And he got signed for a contract for that. And he's a pretty funny guy because there's this photo that went national of him and Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers talking at practice. And so somebody asked Kurt, what were you three guys talking about at the end of the practice the other day? Well, it's hard to say exactly what that picture was from, but there could have been a moment in practice we were talking about our feet and positioning and like kind of weight distribution, depending on if you're going to throw a throw on time or have to reset and just kind of like how a three-step drop can look a lot different depending on what the concept is. Or it could have been how the song that was playing was on Guitar Hero Rock the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I thought it was going to be about how Kirk Benker came in with long hair and Aaron Rodgers told him only one guy could be having long hair here. you got to go get it a cut. You decide. You decide. <laughs> so then the, but the serious question was, you know, if Benker went down, if he took a shot in the second half the other night, uh, you talked to the offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, what would have been the plan? really put me on the spot there i mean i heard randall cobb can throw i, I don't know he, he's done some things um uh but no we, we got to look into that and investigate that before i can give any definitive answers so they're bringing in quarterbacks to take a look and we then, were wondering that the other day we were wondering if randall cobb would be like the emergency one now that he's back i guess that's the one they're still talking about so uh last week we were talking about that on hard knocks they've got the dallas cowboys this year and you know mike mccarthy and and, you know, Jerry Jones with his Whataburger cup of coffee and his salt shaker. But, um, you know, I talked about how McCarthy has that team meeting on Hard Knocks, and he says, all right, we're going to introduce the Mojo moment. And he plays a clip from Austin Powers. And, you know, last year Nathaniel Hackett was playing the Austin Powers clips with the gold zone and the gold member stuff. Now, Hackett, you know, his dad, Paul Hackett, hired McCarthy, got McCarthy his first college football coaching job at Pitt. And, you know, McCarthy was like a family friend when Nate Hackett was growing up. And so we asked Nathaniel Hackett, did you hear about this hard knocks thing and McCarthy kind of stealing your movie clips? 
Yes, I did. I did. Actually, he took me on my first roller coaster when I was uh, when he used to watch over me when I was a kid. So, laser loop. Yeah, back in Pittsburgh when we were in Pittsburgh when I was gosh, I was probably about nine years old or something like that. Yeah, I believe Kennywood's still there. I had the Steel Phantom. A lot of good, a lot of good ones. Uh, I've known Coach McCarthy for a long time. Great man, and uh, it, it was funny. I have not received that many texts in a long time about that, and I was I was wondering where he got that. I didn't know he was a fan of Austin Powers, um, but uh, but no, I'm not sure where that came from. Uh, he, he's got the mojo thing. Uh, we we got something a little different. So, absolutely incredible, Mike. There's Mike McCarthy disciples everywhere. We can't get rid of him in Green Bay, can we? No, no, we can't. But isn't that funny? That's really funny. That he, he sees how the gold zone thing works for the Packers last year, and so he slips that into the Cowboys. Team <laughs> hey, Mike, always a pleasure, my friend. We're going to continue on Mike Clemens NFL on Twitter. All your great stuff on my show, on Bill's show, you name it, dude. It's a breath of fresh air of Packers coverage. We appreciate your time, and I actually have Austin Powers theme music as your walkout song, Mike. Awesome. Awesome, Evo. Have a good day, <laughs> Rowdy. Too, Take brother. care, man. We'll see you. Rowdy, get the shout-out. We'll see you, Mike. There he is.